Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Join me here, it's Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. That's right. Making silly faces at him like two five-year-olds in the back of a station wagon <laughs> is Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Yeah, it's true. Joining us all the way from Oakers, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Nobody made faces at me. Lee, wait for it. Here it comes. Uh, Buy a Skype. <laughs> There's no theater of the mind. Jed pushed his face into the computer monitor, made a face and yelled. The thing I love about Jed on this podcast is he he firmly sticks with, I know it's not visual, but I'm going to sure. do the visuals <laughs> totally. anyway. Totally. Yeah. Look, a genius like mine can't be contained <laughs> right. by a single sense. Sure, yeah. I mean, yeah. That is quite a statement. <laughs> I feel like I want to move on, but I also want us all to live with that yeah, for a moment. Just let that brewer. Because it, it came off the top of his head a little too quick to have yeah, fully yeah. been like self-deprecating humor. Yeah. It looks yeah. like. But there was just a note of his inner monologue. In yeah, that. It's, yeah. It's, it sounded like that T-shirt that he wears that says that exact same sentence on it. Yes. Yes. Jed Brewer, assault on your senses. Yes. <laughs> Wow! All right, so real quick at the top of the show, we want to give a uh, we want to give we occasionally will give the shout outs oh, as yeah. the kids do. We're going to do that. There's some college folks who are listening to the podcast around around the nation, around the world, doing some good things. We have a friend, the College of Charleston here in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, Woo! who has uh, either just started or in the process of starting a say that based small group. Well, that's the way. Awesome. Oh, that's war. on that basis, I declare an emergency. <laughs> emergency. Okay. Wow. I, I was already intrigued, but it's now I'm early, double intrigued. It's early in the process, because everyone was looking at me like I needed to do something. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure that's a fair assessment, but I'm going to go with it. It's a well-oiled machine here at Say That World Headquarters. Uh, here's what's happening, y'all. We're taking over. Are we? <laughs> We're taking over. If you, whatever campus you're on, we're taking over. Like you might say, well, watch your back. Um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the only one on my campus listening to this podcast. Well, you know what? That's for now. Yeah. <laughs> because what's happening is we're taking over. Sure. So, so, so tell the people, Matt, what you were saying about the, the, in Charleston. I'm glad we did it in that order. Yeah. <laughs> it really helped the flow of the episode. Yeah, I'm just trying to help the flow. That's sure. My main yeah, thing. well we've got we've got a friend in Charleston who is starting a say that centric small group, as I understand it, the idea of which is in the way that some uh, you know, church small groups would read a book. Like you'd read right. a chapter of a book and then we'd all come and discuss it. Instead of that, they're going to listen to an episode of this right here podcast. Wow. And then discuss the the wisdom they absorb. Yeah, that doesn't seem advisable. So <laughs> it's like a support group where they're all horrified right. by what they've experienced. Oh, that, that makes sense. Kind of help each other process sure. through that difficult experience. Yeah. Like a say that survivors group. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, that that vision would work. I do think. they have I like mean, a, I can't imagine anything else. Do they have like a license? Do they have like a licensed counselor who's present? Who's listened to the hope. show? I can only hope. Yeah. Yes. I can I can only assume that anyone with actual psychological training would never uh, advise people to listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, no. Yeah, it's like uh, what what they do with the grief counseling they do with people that survive plane crashes. You know, <laughs> you get them all together. And, like, do a lot of people survive plane crashes? Well, I guess not that many. <laughs> <laughs> did Did we just uncover somebody's racket? Maybe plane yeah. crash survival <laughs> counselor. <laughs> 
But now, are you saying that there's like survivor's guilt for people that listen to the Say That podcast? What I'm saying is we're taking over. Okay. <laughs> and it's amazing. All over the globe, we're taking over. Uh, y'all already know we invaded the Wheaton College campus. And we were red flagged. That's, That's a, how afraid it, they we were. We invaded it is actually a pretty accurate description of what happened, yeah. too. We, they red flagged us. That's true. And we went anyway. We went anyway. We apparently weren't quite totally authorized. Well, here's what I'm saying. And gorilla podcasting. We, I was personally carrying equipment through like back corridors and stuff like that. It felt very like, uh, it felt very like, it felt like an op. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 No, this is what's happening is we're taking over. Uh, uh, here's another example is, uh, there was there's a, a a gal we mentioned her on the podcast named Leah. Yeah, she's listening to the podcast way off in the hinterlands of okay. somewhere. I think Leah's from Minnesota, which is actually pretty close to us. <laughs> one one of those, one of those. I one, mean, one of the sodas. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, it's not Texas, Illinois. Glenn's not entirely certain it exists. I can't be bothered. Well, Lee, I'm glad you <laughs> asked. It turns out there are many sodas. That's why it's called Minnesota. Wow. <laughs> hey, Lee, folks- if you set him up, if you set him up for that joke on purpose, I will strike down on you with great wrath and furious <laughs> anger. Folks who are listening to this podcast, what you need to realize oh. is, and and these other guys can vouch, Jed doesn't unjed anything i mean this is the exact jed you get yeah is just yeah the, just yes. the randomness you go from horrifying offense to <laughs> like to third grade jokes in one yeah. just one f- seamless swoop yeah and the thing that's great about the third grade jokes is they amuse me endlessly yeah i recognize not funny at all right. but to me they're hilarious as much and that as much as the obscenities and the and the horrifying offenses. Absolutely. But what's great is how much it harms Glenn. Yes. Yeah. Glenn takes my enjoyment of third grade humor as yes. a personal That's affront. Correct. Because I will say something devastatingly funny, and all <laughs> Jed does is he squints his eyes and hunches his shoulders up and down. I, I give you props. That's funny, dude. Yeah, well, that's we don't we can't tell your face because <laughs> you know new you t-shirt know, say that tell your face we're we're on the we're on the podcast and for you know he thinks we can see his face and he he's bouncing his shoulders up and down going <laughs> you can't no one can hear that it's a podcast make sound dude and if, if, let the other people know you enjoy it help yourself. your boy out. We can't hear your head rattle. You got to say something. Here's what I'm trying to say. But uh, by the what, way, speak, speaking of Wheaton College, if you've ever been to one of, if you ever want to know what it's like when Glenn goes to a speaking gig and he feels the audience is not responsive enough, yeah. you just experienced yeah, it's it. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> yes, that's actually true. Yeah, I berate the audiences if they don't please me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a hundred percent. That's actually true. Use of please me, very funny. Yes, that was yeah. very good. Yeah. So here's what happens is uh, Miss Leah, she she's going to school at Wheaton College. Right. She finds out about us. She she uh, came to serve as a host team person there, and she's just got in touch with us. And so now she's going to be coming to the bridge and uh, helping us out here and there. Oh, so yeah. So that's pretty awesome. 
So we got that's that campus. We've got that. We're going beating on. Wheaton College there, and we're stealing their best people. Which exactly is good. right. We got people, uh, uh, you know, uh, all over the place and all these different campuses. And even y'all know, I just got back from England. That's how you say it. That's how they say the it. Land it's of the Angles. Cool. He keeps telling us he was knighted. When I question it, he yells at me and calls me a peasant. So I've just stopped <laughs> fighting it. I was knighted by Lady Gaga. That's something else. <laughs> I don't even know to. I think we should all just pretend that didn't happen. Keep going, Glenn. <laughs> okay. So, I'm going to take, take a mulligan on that joke. Yeah. So what, what happened is. <laughs> so, uh, but here's what we find out is they have a, an organization all over there called Christian Union. Right. Where they all get together on the campus, right? And we found out that that the hot, cool, amazing thing that's happening is the students at the Christian Union are listening to say that podcast and like getting into it, repeating lines back and forth to each other. Oh yeah! So it's like basically we're taking over. Yeah, and that's where that's where the revolution so is kicking off. This is like a this is like a, a digital imperialism. It's just a matter of time before Benedict Cumberbatch is listening to the podcast. No question. We're Pro- going worldwide, baby. Probably worldwide. Are, probably that's already happening. Now, I, Lee, are you referring to Benedict Cumberbatch, the actor known for his work in Sherlock and the Star Trek movies, or Benedict Cumberbatch, the fake football player from the Key and Peele East West Bowl 2013 <laughs> version? Either I think, one. I think both are going to be listening to the podcast. Yeah. Okay. I, I think probably already the cousins of famous people are listening to this podcast, so it's only a matter of time. Totally. Totally. Pretty much, because we this is what we've been trying to do all along. Yeah. Because uh, Matt came to us and said, I'd like to do a podcast. I think it'd be lovely. I think it, you guys have a lot of insight and wisdom. And we can help people. Real, we can help people, and it'd be fun and relaxed, and people would enjoy it. And I said, yeah, but will we dominate the whole globe? <laughs> and he said, well, that's no, not really about that, but, you know. I said, well, can I dominate the whole globe? <laughs> And he's like, sure, I get whatever. Well, you see, the weird, the real odd thing is I thought that was not only the time, but it turns out when you ask Glenn to do anything, he wants to be able to dominate the globe. Yeah. Yeah. Glenn, we're all, we're going to go, Glenn, Jed and I are going to go grab lunch. You want to come? Can I dominate the globe? Yeah. By lunch? Maybe. Well, I, I, I have to win lunch. Sure. That's He does win lunch. Yeah. So, you know, some, you know. Glenn is undefeated at birthday. I I win birthday, dude. I win birthday. And when it comes to Valentine's Day, don't even try. All right, this is a true story. This last Valentine's Day, Fitz found for his uh, wife the single largest box of chocolates. And I'm talking one of these heart-shaped boxes. Right. Like, this thing could barely fit into a car. Yeah, Jane tried to drive it to uh, like a Bible study to try and give away the chocolate. Because he bought it for her against her will. Yes. And, and it wouldn't fit into the passenger seat of her car. It's not so much that he gave it to her, more that he gave it at her. That's right. Yes. yes. She I, actively did not want it. Yeah. This In your face, yeah. I win Valentine's Day. Yeah. So, yeah. that's what. So and, we're taking that and putting it into the podcast. And so you feel like right now you're winning podcasting. I've totally... I, how could it well, be you have otherwise? the podcast leaderboard and Glenn has pulled ahead. What we're trying to say is we're we're in the process sure. of winning all podcasting everywhere. 
Right. And the, one of the ways we're doing that is by giving the real solid advice, including to our friends at the Christian Union. Would you like to share the uh, the wisdom they gleaned from us that helped them out? Well, I, I yeah, I don't know. It, it, well, I guess this was maybe extrapolated, but sure. uh, they uh, they began uh, by uh, of doing outreach efforts through the use of cupcakes. There's two things on this podcast we love. It's outreach and baked goods. Oh yeah. If you're if you're giving away cupcakes, I you got me interested. Sure. See what That's I'm what saying? I'm in the door. You understand? Now if you turn around and say no bacon, as our Muslim friends do, then I'm out. <laughs> okay. I'm out the door. If I had a religion that came with vanilla cream, would it interest you? It we're, we're yeah we're we could be in the we can be talking a theology that comes with sprinkles what do you think see sprinkles now we're getting warmer that's what i thought <laughs> i'm getting i'm getting you're you're i'm intrigued my man i have a life philosophy for you <laughs> yeah i mean you know so that's you know what we want to support because there's a lot of beliefs and things happening float sure. around a lot of heavy theology sure you know and you got to make it you have to decide what side you're going to take on right. all these theological obscurities. Right. Here's the thing is we want to get behind any cupcake based version of Christianity. <laughs> well, neo cupcakeianism is our preferred uh, theological. That's, that's the worldview right. you want to go with right there. Yeah. We believe in that and right. uh, we're a hundred percent behind it and we want to support that in any way we could. Does that mean we should be sent cupcakes in the mail? Yes. Yes. Uh, obviously. Will they be stale, and is it possibly illegal to send that through the yes. mail? Also, likely. almost certainly. Here's what I here's what I want to say to the Christian Union. Yeah, I've never had an English cupcake. Me neither. Had an English muffin. Sure, it was okay. Had nooks and crannies. Sure, but I've never had an English cupcake. I've never had an English cupcake. Every day that goes by that I don't have an English cupcake. I feel like it's a little way of you telling me that you hate me. Wow, that's that pretty. Was, that was impressive. That's some solid. You know, logic there. That's right. Here's the other thing I'm saying. We're putting the we're putting the podcast out there. Sure. <laughs> we're not we're not saying you have to send us cupcakes. But don't you want to give back? Maybe you want to. Maybe sure. you feel like you should. Maybe you feel like you owe us. Maybe you feel <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Calling it on that one. Here's what I'm throw a flag. Matt flag just on the looks flag. so tired right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, as soon as Glenn started calling out the religion of peace <laughs> on the podcast, we gone eighty something episodes without actually trying to cause sectarian violence. Give me cupcakes. <laughs> I thought that was going to go revolutionary there. For I want a cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn has abandoned rhetoric and is going with plain spoken appeals. Yeah, if, yeah. if Glenn's blood sugar goes too low, this whole thing just falls apart. We start a war That's or right. something. That's I'm right. also definitely afraid that an English cupcake comes with baked beans on it. I think that's a very distinctive possibility. Which that's got to be uh, weapons grade to send through the international postal system. <laughs> well, I think an English cupcake is beans on toast. I think that's what that is. Yeah. If you say, I want, it's like Canadian bacon. Sure. It's really ham because they're all liars. Oh, but what I'm trying so to say is. So many international incidents. This started out so nice. To an English person, I want a cupcake. They gave you beans on toast. That's what's happening. Okay. Okay. Well, you but know? if. If you're running a campus ministry, still better than nothing. 
Here's well, the no thing. question. We all have. We all. Uh, Jed has worked with uh, uh, the major denominations in this in the Chicago area, kind of doing some videos. And he was one time interviewing a pastor, and he asked, "What, what do you think brings people to your church?" To which the man answered, "Jed, oh, the expository preaching." Yeah. <laughs> no cupcakes. Yeah, cupcakes. Cupcakes. Be they bean or fructose, or whatever. That brings more people than the expository preaching. Nobody's going to your church for the expository preaching. <laughs> no, put that on your church wow. sign. Cupcakes. Woo! Yeah, just the yeah. word cupcakes. Yeah, you just you get a sign that just says cupcakes. People will show up for traffic. To, yeah. Now, if you should put up the same sign that says expository <laughs> preaching, believe Pass. me, you are not going. And the people you will get, you don't really want to <laughs> hang out with that crowd, my man. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. So clearly the point we're trying to make is we appreciate the college people listening and organizing and yes. starting groups. I think that's really the, the overriding theme of the last okay. 15 minutes. Fair enough. <laughs> that's my story and I'm sticking to it. All righty. But uh, I think the main thing is send us cupcakes. And if they send us cupcakes, then we would be prepared to declare emergency off. I feel like Jed tricked him into doing that, but I'm going to allow it. All right, Jed. Before Jed started guilt, guilting you into giving back, I'm don't so you think hungry you owe right us? Now. I'm so, so hungry. I could really go for a baked good right now. Focus. Focus. I'll buy you cookies after the podcast. <laughs> <Yay>! Okay. <laughs> Performance. All right. Before before they realize I'm lying, I want to get this plug out of the way. We want to tell you about Bridgebox. Lots of cool stuff. Uh, music, sermons. We got a new one coming out in October. The theme of which is, how do I know when it's time to end a relationship? Which is exactly as cheery. It's not going to be as dire as it sounds. We <laughs> promise. Lots of, it's, uh, you know, some real. So that's the idea of Bridgebox. Real problems, real questions. We take a look at them. Much like we do on this show, but we do it in a different mean. We've got Bible studies, we've got devotionals, we've got sermons, we've got music recorded live at the bridge, we've got music that Jed produced, music that Lee produced, uh, lots of bonus stuff. So it's only $8 a month. MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox. The first question, here we go. This came in anonymously to our Tumblr. If you hang out with us all the way to the end, I'll give you some ways you can get in touch with this. This person writes in, what are your thoughts on encountering other religions and cultures? I think Glenn gave us a preview of what his is in the beginning. Yeah. All right. I ask, as an American living in an Asian country with a coworker who asked the most obscure questions about the Bible, she is a Buddhist. I'm not concerned about her trying to convert me to Buddhism, but how much our discussion makes me feel like a horrible Christian. I walk with God as best I can, but I'm not sure how to answer her questions. I kind of want to ask her, does it matter? Jed, can you start us off? I can, and I think the funny thing is I think your instinct there at the very end is the right one, um, which is to say, uh, dude, do you really care about this? Um, Amen. It, it, There's my answer to most theological questions would be, nah. Exactly right. Exactly right. Here's the thing. It is not your job to be the Bible answer man. Right. Um, I, I want to, I let me say it again, because we really, as a, a Christian culture has just gone off the rails on this. Uh, Bible knowledge is good. But dang, man, we, we got to keep things between the ditches. We got to keep things in perspective. Your job is not to be the Bible answer man. Um, there is always going to be stuff you don't know about that book. There are always going to be questions that you can't answer. And this is, uh, shockingly, it turns out there's a lot of unanswerable questions yep. about that right. book. 
Um, and uh, I think it may be that way on purpose. And it's highly possible to get so focused on that book that you can't see the forest for the trees. Jesus criticized the religious people of his day. He said, you diligently study the scriptures because you believe that in them you possess the words of life. Yet you refuse to come to me, to whom the scriptures testify, to have life. Right. Jesus is saying, you read that book all day, every day, and it's talking about me, and here I am in front of you, and you don't want anything to do with me. What I'm saying is the Bible is good. It's an important part of your walk. You should be studying it and learning more about it, but no one should expect you to be the Bible answer man. The truth is um, that you you said you you feel like a horrible (coughs) Christian, and I think that sense of shame is the thing that we really want to jump on with both feet. I don't know if your Buddhist friend is doing this or not, but what I can tell you is if you're willing to feel ashamed about your uh, walk, about your Christianity, there are plenty of people who are going to sense that and be happy to use it to manipulate you. Um, In fact, there are a lot of churches, at least in America, where that's what's going on every Sunday morning is uh, we're going to get together a group of people that are all ashamed of how they're doing with Christianity, and then we're going to use that as leverage over them uh, to get money out of them. Uh, it's, it's a sad thing, and, and um, you know, it, it sucks that it happens, but that's what's going on uh, a, a lot of the place. And here's what you need to know is shame is not God's will for you. Um, uh, you have things to work on in your walk. You have areas that you need to improve in, and I know that because that's true for all of us. There is no person that has reached a point in their walk where, you know, I'm good. I pretty much think right. I'm just going to, you know, go ahead and just drop anchor here and just hang out. We're all meant to be growing. We all need to be growing. Um, Here's the thing about a horrible Christian. A person who's actually a horrible Christian doesn't care that they're a horrible Christian. Let me say it again. A person that's actually really, really bad at being a Christian, this person doesn't care Mm -hmm. that they're bad at being a Christian. If you care, if if it grieves you that um, uh, you, know, you would be falling short of what God's asking you to do. You being a bad Christian is the least of our worries. That's just not something that we need to be concerned about. I think the thing for you is figuring out how do you accept yourself in the midst of your imperfections? There's always going to be stuff you don't know. There's always going to be stuff that you struggle with. There's always going to be things you don't have worked out. But God wants you to have peace anyway, and he wants you to have joy anyway, and he wants you to have a sense of contentment anyway. And a lot of that has to do with accepting yourself as you are, warts and all, right now, today. I can't speak for your friend, but for a lot of people, um, they can tell whether or not the person they're talking to uh, accepts themselves. Um, people can can pick up on that. And if you want to advertise Christianity as effectively as possible, if you want to evangelize as effectively as possible, it has a lot less to do with Bible knowledge and it has a lot more to do with receiving the love that God has for you. Yeah. Um, if you let God love you, if you let that love transform you and lead you to a place of acceptance, of accepting who you are and who God's made you and having peace about that, that will be a bigger and better advertisement for Christianity than any bit of Bible knowledge ever could be. And all of your unsafe friends will sense that about you. And when the time is right, they're going to want to ask you how you got to be that way. Amen. It's absolutely a great point, Glenn. Yeah. Here's the thing is, there's a tendency, I think, probably in this kind of a situation to think, um, you know, someone's asking me sort of technical, theological, intellectual 
uh, theoretical questions about Christianity, the best thing to do is to come up with the most sound, yeah, academic <clears throat> uh, proof, right? Uh, of you know that that you know uh, that's not it. Yeah, no. uh, yeah, that's not the direction you would get us to go in. Right. If you ask me a deep, obscure theological question as a Buddhist in an Asian country about Christianity, probably the first thing I would say is, "Dude, it ain't like that." Yeah, it's just not like that. It's a relationship, and and you know, let me just tell you this: about eighty or ninety percent of my relationship with God is hard to describe, mm-hmm. if I can relate it that way. It's it's personal, it's deep, it's intimate, it's a function of our bond that we share with one another. Uh, it's hard for me to explain. If you say, well, you know, why does God do this? I don't know, dude. Ask him for yourself. <laughs> well, how could God to do, uh, why did he set it up this way? I don't know. He's God. He does whatever he wants. What do you want from me? I can't tell you. Uh, uh, you know, there, there's a certain amount of uh, let me come up with an answer to the unanswerables, as Joe is suggesting, that's kind of a, 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 a one of those, you know, it's beside the point kind of thing. That's what leads you to that mentality of does it matter. People have a way of asking obscure intellectual questions about when what they really want to ask about is very deep and very personal mm. things. And it's really important that you help them skip over that stuff because that's an insecurity thing. It's a, it's a, it's a. They don't know whether they can be vulnerable with you. Maybe they're kind of putting you to the test. So the best way that you can sort of pass that test, so to speak, is to say, "Look, I don't know that I have a lot of answers to a lot of deep theological questions because my relationship with God is not a deep theological journey. It's not an intellectual journey. It's not." really thought out in the way that you maybe want me to explain it to you. Uh, I don't think that's true for anyone who has an authentic relationship with God. It's just something very deep. And so I think probably what you're struggling with is something personal, and I'd rather talk about personal stuff than theoretical stuff uh, because it's kind of besides the point. Uh, along those lines, uh, you, when when we're being asked about our faith, we get into that academic, I need to give the right answer to get an A+. That's a wrong mentality, and it's, it's a better mentality. It's just, as I'm suggesting here, sometimes you need to, you know, sort of guide that agenda back on yeah. track. You do want to, you want to answer people's questions. You don't want to change the channel on them right away, but you do want to major on the majors. And at some point you get a lot of questions that are about minor things. And at some point you have to say, look, I, I see where you, where all these questions are all just kind of a shotgun and they're all going in a different direction. And it's, it's, it's interesting and stuff, but I get the sense there is a deeper thing you want to ask about. I, I think, if you want me to explain Christianity to you, I can, but you, the questions you're asking me are taking us down a rabbit hole. So let's you know, bring this thing back. I think you want to give human answers. I can't yeah. emphasize that enough. Give a personal human being to human yeah, being cool. answer. Don't give a theoretical, theological answer to anything because it just doesn't. It's not how people work, dude. You know, if you say, why do you have the relationship that I, that, that if you ask me about my relationship with God, I say, you know, he forgave me. I love him. That's how this works. There's an intimacy. He and I talk with each other this way. We, we, we relate to one another in this way. Uh, when I get in this situation, this is how I handle it with the Lord. I'm going to describe it to you in very human terms. Last little teeny tiny point I would 
tack on to the end of this to let's make sure we have some perspective on this thing. That's part of what Joe was trying to do is give us a, a bigger picture on it. I think it's important to understand if you weren't discipled in your walk in a, in a direct way with a human being that can answer these kinds of questions for you, then you're going to have a hard time answering this for other people. Yeah. What you need to know, if you're that kind of person in that kind of situation, what you need to know is about 98% of all Christianity is in that same boat. Mm -hmm. That you don't realize you're at a major detriment because a whole lot of other people around you are in that same situation. Uh, uh, you know, with, you know, if you ask someone questions that they've already asked of their mentor, then they're going to give you an answer that relates to what that mentor told them. If you don't have that template moving forward, it's kind of tough. And that's okay because these questions that you're being asked will allow you to maybe think through this in a way, in a new way, to realize these things matter, these things don't matter. This is what it's really all about. So let it, let it become that. Let it become an opportunity for you to grow. Totally, Lee. Um, absolutely. I, I loved all the things that these guys uh, said about this. The last little piece that I would add on to this is, um, uh, which by the way, uh, the, guy that, <laughs> the, the guy that mentored me and my boss said that uh, every single person in seminary, when they graduate, spends the first five years of the rest of their life looking for the person to ask them the questions they know the answers to. And nobody asked those questions because right. people with real problems have real problems. Um, so that leads me into this, which is instead of trying to know the answers for obscure and oblique questions about deep areas of theology and all that kind of stuff, look for an opportunity and pray for an opportunity to actually serve this person. Yes. Okay. Here's the thing about Christianity is that our secret weapon is love. That's, that's our linchpin is the way that we love people and sacrifice for them, the way that we meet needs, because the love of Jesus comes into us and gives us a burden for the problems that other people have. Jesus wants to love people through us. And so what you want to do is you want to look for an opportunity to serve this person. It may be simple little stuff. I mean, it may be something as simple as grabbing coffee for him. And, you know, when you're at the office, offering to get a refill for them, offering to, to get them a paper, offering to, to help them carry some of their stuff, look for little ways to meet their needs. And here's the thing is that if, if they're not, I love the way that Glenn said, uh, you know, offer, you know, human answers to human problems. I, I love that. I think I just stole that. I'm going to use that for, for the rest <laughs> of my life. But, um, look, it, sometimes people are not ready to have those conversations about the thing that they really want to talk about. They've got some deep problem in their life. And here's the thing, Buddhism isn't meeting anybody's needs. Okay, nobody's right. nobody's getting uh, the satisfaction of their soul from that thing because only Jesus can satisfy our soul. So there is some deep problem that they've got that they may or may not want to ask you about, but you be the person that serves and sacrifices and loves them every day. And over a period of time, whether that's weeks or whether it's years, when they have a real problem, guess who they're going to come to? to talk to about that real problem, the person that has loved them and served them through little stuff. It, the Lord said, if you're faithful in a little, I'm going to give you much. I'm, I'm going to give you, if you show me you're going to be responsible with a little thing, I'll give you a big problem to deal with. Um, when If you serve and love somebody in the little things in their life and just ask the Lord for opportunities to sacrifice and serve and, and care about this person, 
then, then when they are ready to talk about the big stuff, you're the person they're going to call. And those are conversations that you can have. You're ready to have that conversation. You may not be ready to talk about, you know, uh, interlapsarianism, which, by the way, <laughs> is a thing. And everybody at, you know, whatever seminary was, is, they're just chomping at the bit to talk about that. You may not be ready to talk about that. But when somebody's heart is breaking and they need to know if they are, uh, if they've been too terrible for God to love them, you're ready to have that conversation. So serve them now. And what we do is we're playing, as, as Glenn says, uh, we're playing for time. Okay, this is, a, this is a ministry time bomb. That's what serving is. You're lighting a ministry time bomb that one day is going to go off in your favor. Amen. That's an absolutely great point. All right, we're going to move on to our next question here. It says, why do you think people are gay? Is there any way God makes them born gay in the same way he makes someone born blind? My best friend's brother is gay, and he grew up in the most loving Christian household I've ever seen, and he's a Christian himself. He has tried for years and, and prayed for years to not be gay, but to no avail. What are your thoughts? Glenn? Well, first and foremost is, uh, you know, that, uh, that our heart is with you and with your friend, and I hope he can say some stuff that will help you in your relationship and be an encouragement uh, to the guy. Uh, everybody on this podcast uh, knows someone who's gay. We love yeah. our gay friends, our gay relatives. And uh, and I'm in the unenviable position to talk about gayness as a straight person. And I there's something about that where I feel kind of uh, like it's sort of not my place. I, right. I, I, I have a temptation to do all kinds of wrong stuff this is one of the extremely few areas where I'm not. So uh, it, it's one of those things where I think it's so easy for straight people to strike the wrong note, you know, and be on the wrong thing. And I think a lot of that has to do with this isn't your world. This isn't your thing. Um, so if you're gay and you're listening to this podcast and you're trying to get your Christian thing together, uh, I want to, I want to, do my best to to give a little perspective on this um but you know uh, bless your hearts you you may be able to do a much better job than me uh let me tell you what i don't like about all this is the teams mentality okay. i don't like that uh gay people are on this team and right. christian people are on that team i hate that i hate it i hate it i hate it uh, uh, uh the look there's all different kinds of people doing all different kinds of sin. We're not putting any of them in any categories. Uh, and I, and, and I don't want to know what your sexual sin is. I don't, it's none of my business. It's, you know, I'd rather not. Doesn't stop a worryingly high number of people from telling you. Sure. Yeah. I mean, in a counseling situation, I'm, I'm open to whatever is whatever, but uh, I don't, I, you, you know, uh, I don't like the idea that, that you have to pick a side. Yeah. I just, I think that's so uncool. I, and I'm saying that I'm trying to say this on behalf of gay people as well. Not that in any way I could speak for them, but the idea of, I don't think that's fair to gay people that they have to pick a side. I don't think it's, fair that as straight people we have to feel like we must be alienated from someone else because they must belong to another team or something i don't like that and part of what you're asking us here is sort of a question of is biology destiny is there a way that god could create someone and that that person would be gay well part of the question part of the reason why you're asking this question is is the homosexual community has asserted the idea of what if gay 
ness was biological. What if we could find there's a biological link that would say, okay, this person's gay, then all the persecution we're giving to that person would be as unfair as possible. Mm. And therefore we could declare it to be clearly wrong. Here's a few things I have a problem with on that. One is it's wrong, period. We don't need biology to tell us anything about that. I don't need biology to weigh in at any point. The persecution is wrong. The persecution is wrong. Thank you for the clarification. The persecution is wrong. It doesn't matter where the where the uh, 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 you know what the biology of that says. Second of all, what if we find out the biology doesn't say that you're, there's a biological link? Well, then again, it'd still be wrong. So I don't like the idea that we're going to sort of hang it on something. And then that wouldn't work out, and now we're back to where we started. We're trying to make progress against persecution and prejudice here. And uh, so I, 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 in my mind, I don't like the idea of biology being the referee to that at all. Um, so I'm, I, I hope you get a sense of what I'm trying to say there. I like the idea of freedom. I like the idea of choice, that, that if you choose, this is who I want to be. Um, and if God agrees with that choice, that there is strength and, and, and wisdom and strategies and whatever available to get to that place. Um, final thing I say about that, and I'll, I'll send it on to these other guys, is that uh, biology or not, whether God creates someone to be this way or not, here's the thing is that every one of us has temptation. Yes. All of us have some temptation we're not supposed to be acting on. Uh-huh. If it, the, I'm a guy, I'm a male person. You would not believe the things that my uh, uh, hormones suggest I should do. Yep. Right. Uh, and and for and that's not a new development. This has been going on for a long time. You have no idea the the what what my biology will do to me in terms of when I haven't had enough sleep and how angry and cranky I can be, uh, there's a million different temptations that our flesh present to us, and we're meant to overcome all of those. So um, what, we're, what we're trying to deal with and wrestle with is the idea that homosexuality isn't different in the sense that it's a different category. It puts us in a different category, but it's also not different in the sense of if this is something that we're trying to make a change on, if this is something God's calling us to do differently, then it's subject to the exact same stuff as everything else. That that uh, when God, when we're dealing with the temptation, we have to learn how to overcome that, get some self control, and all that. So um, again, I think the team's mentality of that is what I wanted us to get rid of. That that sense of of dividing us. I, I think we're all trying to get right with God. Let's all be on the same page of that. We're all be on the same team. An absolutely great point, Lee. <clears throat> and I, I'm, I loved how Glenn started this out uh, in, in, in saying, you know, I'm probably the wrong person to ask on this. And uh, I, I'm, I'm right there with him. You know, um, you know, we're, we're on this show and people have written it in. So we'll, we'll talk about it, but we, you know, we're not necessarily the the you know the, the the people to ask on this. I think that one thing that happens to Christians a lot, um, and this is in a lot of areas, not just in this subject, is that we get really really caught up in the why God fill in the blank question. Mm. 
God, why da 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 da? Why have you allowed this to happen to me? Why have why, why is why is this thing going on in this remote country or in this situation? We get so caught up in the why thing, and sometimes what that allows us to do, it allows us to ignore something that 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 God really does want us to pay attention to, which is what does Jesus want me to do? Um, if I'm if I'm a person and uh, I, I'm walking with the Lord, and there are you know there are Christians who have uh, who have uh, this kind of vocal uh, opinion about the the gay community and stuff. And and you know what I need to figure out is is what they're saying is that is that representative of the Jesus that I find in the scriptures, or is that does that have anything to do with what Jesus acts like at all? Am I supposed to vilify and be against and to you know, to uh, to hold back these people just because they're this way. Is this the way Jesus wanted me to act? Is this is this what He wants me to do? What does Jesus want me to do? Uh, there are uh, most of the people listening to this podcast. You probably have a, a friend or a classmate or somebody on the floor of your dorm or something like that, or a family member or whatever who is gay. And the question for you, if that's not your struggle, the question for you is. What does Jesus want me to do? The question, I don't want to get, for me personally, I don't know the answer of why do I think people are gay? I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. As Glenn said, the stuff that has gone through my mind, the temptations that I've had to fight through, and I've had, I've had victories, defeats, and everything in between— um, is unbelievable. I don't even want to think about the stuff that, you know, all of that stuff. And, um, I, and I don't know the answer to that. I know that there are, oh gosh, there, there are so many different things we've had. And I'm, and I'm not the only one, all the guys on this podcast, we have gotten questions and prayer requests from people who, who, from people who are gay, from people who are transgendered, from people who, in all kinds of different situations, who want to walk with the Lord, who are trying to understand what that means. And we we love you. We care for you. We pray for you. Amen. We, we are, you know, when I get those questions, I take them straight to the Lord and I'm asking him for wisdom and I'm trying to understand that. I don't know the answer to the why, but I do know this. When I go to the Lord and figure out, Lord, how do you want me to respond to this person? The answer is always love them. Always love them. That Jesus loves them. He has a will for their life just as he has a will for my life. And as Glenn said, he wants us to be overcomers and the temptations that, that we have to face. But my job is to love those people and uh, to love the people in my life, to love the people that I'm in relationships with. I don't really know the answer to the why, but I do want to spend more and more time refining the uh, the and shortening the amount of time that I get uh, uh, between me being faced with a situation and figuring out what Jesus wants me to do and then doing that thing. Absolutely, Jed. When I was in college, uh, I think it was my sophomore year, there was a point, <clears throat> there was a girl I'd known for a little while, maybe you know, three or four months, and... Um, yeah, she was pretty enough girl, but I remember one weekend I was at some kind of campus fellowship kind of thing, retreat, and I just looked over and I saw this gal 
And, uh, and this is a phrase that sometimes get used in the neighborhood. I was booty struck. Mm. I mean, in that moment, I was attracted to this gal. You were struck by the booty. I was struck by the booty. Now, yeah. understand, I'm not saying that I, you know, enjoyed her personality and respected her intellect. This, this was not. Right. This was lust. Right. I mean, I, I beheld her and said, "Oh my gosh, I yeah. have got to do something about this." Right. Now, how did I get there? I have no idea. Right. How, right. how did right. I? Yeah. How did I suddenly feel a sense of just I I I need to get some of that? Right. I have no idea. Right. I I I don't know. I, I, you have been attracted to a person in your life. You have no idea how you got there. Yeah. Right. You you have no idea what took you from A to B. You know, for a lot of us, um, and you didn't have to explain it either. And you didn't have to explain it either. It was just there. Yeah. And then, then you had to figure out what to do with it. Right. But just all of a sudden, you saw someone and said. Oh my goodness! Right. And you know we've we've all thought of you know seen and heard a million stories of you know it was the last person you expect I'd ever be attracted to, but I just mm. we went on yeah. a date and just kapow. Right, that's the way attraction works. Yeah, I, yeah. It, it's it's almost uncouth to say yes, but why? Right, how did yeah. you become attracted? Right, right, it's not that's not the way attraction works. That's right. that's not it. The thing that matters here's here's the thing about Christianity. Christianity is about saying to God, here is what's in my heart. What do I do with it? Come on. That's what Christianity is about. That's what the living out yeah, dude. of Christianity is about. You say in your question that your uh, your best friend's brother is gay and that he's tried for years and prayed for years to not be gay. I'd like to very, very humbly and respectfully suggest I don't think that's the right way to go. Mm-hmm. Um. I desire all kinds of things. Some of them are clearly in violation of the Bible. Um, some of them aren't. Um, but what I'm trying to get in the habit of doing is going to God and simply saying, with no sense of judgment, here's what I want. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's what I'm attracted to. Here's, uh, and I, you tell me if it's good or bad. Here's the person I want to kill. Here's the person I want to kill. Yeah. Understand, <laughs> and that's, that's, a, a perfect, that's a perfect example. I would make them up... More around here than the average person. That, that wasn't that wasn't hyperbole, right, Glenn? That wasn't. Yeah, no, no, yeah. This is this this is a person I want to hit with my car. <laughs> it's a regular <laughs> thing. It's a regular thing for me to go to the Lord and say, "This person is pissing me off. Right. I think you should end them." Right. That is my desire, sure. O Lord. Come right. on, you got a lightning bolt up there. Let's do it. I know you have a smite button. I know right. you can do something about it. And the thing I'm trying to get better at, the thing that the Lord impresses on me, the older I get, the longer I walk with Him, is that He wants me to do that and judge myself less in that process. Right. I have less commentary from the peanut gallery. Just say, "Here's what I want." Right. What right. do we do with that? You know, one of the big things in my own walk right now is um, I like my life to be easier. Right. I, I keep going to God saying, I, I think you should make things be easier. I just want them to be more smooth. Right. I'm not getting any buy-in on that. Right. Uh, but but I keep going to him and saying, I, I, I almost feel like you owe me a little bit of easy somewhere along right. the right. way. Right. Again, I'm not, I'm not getting a lot of buy-in. But here's, here's what that has to do with your friend. I don't think it's an effective thing um, and again, humbly and respectfully, I don't know. I'm not gay, and I haven't had to struggle with my sexual orientation. But I've, I've dealt with my share of struggles. Here's, here's what I would offer to consider. is I'm not sure it's the most constructive thing in the world to pray to not be gay. But what I can guarantee you help is to get in the habit of going to God and saying, I see that dude over there, and I'm really attracted to him. Right. I just want you to know that. Right. Um, and, and I need you to begin telling me what to do with that. Right. I, I see this guy over there, and I'd... I'd 
I'd like to make out with him, and right. and I need to know what to do with that. I'm just right. telling you that's what I want. Every time I've gotten in the habit of going to God and being honest and saying, "Here's what I want. Here's here's my desire. Here's what I want to see happen," I've experienced the following things. First of all, God's never judged me. Right. Right. I've never once had God come back to me and say, "You're wrong to want that. Right. You you are an evil little cretin that you would desire that." Mm-hmm. Every time I've gone to God and said, here's what I want, the, the thing, that still small voice of, of the Spirit, both in prayer and in the Word, that I, I've heard God say back to me is, I get that. Right. There's I, an understanding I, there. I understand. That makes I, sense. I, I, it makes mm-hmm. sense. You come by it honestly. I get that you, that you want that, and, and you're not wrong to feel the way that you feel. Right. The, the next thing consistently that I've gotten from the Lord every time I've done that is, I have a plan here. Right. Okay. You, you you have a desire. You have, and somewhere in there, there's a desire that there's nothing wrong with. Right. I have a plan to do something about that desire. Right. There may be some twists and turns. There may be some ups and downs. There may be a lot of um, uh, pavement between here and there, but I have a plan. If you'll trust me, we will get to a place of fulfilling the real and legitimate desire that you have. Let me tell you what I mean. Glenn's talking about, here's the person I want you to kill. Part of that, when I go to the Lord and I say, I think you should off this person. Right. I think you should end them. What I'm saying is, God, I want justice. Right. I want, I want there to be an account. I want there to be right. an answering for wrongs. And the Lord every time says, I understand. Right. Uh, you're not wrong to feel the way that you feel. You come by this honestly. What you want is for justice to prevail. I have a plan. Right. I'm going to take care of it. I'm, I'm going to handle it. But then here's the last thing, is that the Lord consistently says, but here's where we start. Okay. Here's, yeah. here's where we begin with that process. I think for a lot of Christians, we want the first step to be the last step. We want the, the first mm. step to be, I'm going to go up on a mountain and I'm going to lay my gayness down. Right. And then I'm going to come back down the mountain and I won't, I won't be gay anymore. Right. Step one, fix it. Step one, fix it, and then we'll move on. <laughs> right. let, me, let me put it to you this way. Um, I have never mm-hmm. once in my life gone up on a mountain and laid down my desire for women and right. then came down that mountain and it's just gone. I'm just an yeah. asexual gnome now. <laughs> yeah, that, it, that don't work, man. It's, it's just easy now. But every time I've gone to the Lord, he's been understanding. He's yeah. told me that he has a plan. And then he said, here is a gentle and approachable first step for a lot of us that first step is why don't we just take the next month and you just be honest you just tell Mm -hmm. me what the deal is step one is stop judging your own desires and just tell me yeah if you don't get it out how can god speak to it how are y'all going to do business if you don't just say here's what i want i i I don't know how many things at times i said here's how i feel i know it's wrong but i just have to say this is what i think you should do god you know sure absolutely yeah if you're if you're gay, as we're closing out this question, here's what we want you to know: A, we love you. Right. Amen. Uh, we love you, and and Jesus loves you. B, you're not a weirdo. Yeah. You're not a freak. You're not um, uh, damaged goods. Whatever horrible, horrible crap people have told you, we don't agree. Yeah. Um. Uh. We when we think of you, when we look at you, we see a person that Jesus loved so much that he got up on a cross and shed his blood because he yeah. couldn't bear the thought of a life without you in it. Yeah. The last thing I want you to know is God wants to do business with you. God is not far off from you, and that just begins with a conversation. Yep. It doesn't begin with pledging to never be attracted to a member of the same sex again. It doesn't begin with a pledge to never look at pornography again. It doesn't begin with any of that. It just begins with going to the Lord and having a conversation. If you'll start there, I promise you, you will get where you're going. That's a great point. I would tack two things on the end of that. First of all, 
Asexual Gnome is the name of my Lumineers cover band. <laughs> wow. Second of all, as Jed got started uh, hinting towards the end, we just want to put a real fine point on this. Homosexuality is not a barrier to being a Christian. Amen. Amen. Those two things are not mutually exclusive. You can do both. Sorry, various conservative groups and Baptists. You could be gay your entire life and just be gaying it up in the most gay way and be Christian and be saved and go to the same heaven as us. Anyone who tells you otherwise is lying to you and probably trying to get money out of you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our last question here. It says, are there books that are a better alternative to the I Kiss Dating Goodbye series, or should I just avoid the Christian dating book industry as a whole? Yes. (laughs) You'll wait your turn like everyone else. All right. I want all the advice I can get, but there's just so much out there. Lee, can you start us off? You went to England and you didn't learn how to cue, man. Yeah, I guess that's true. Okay, uh, look, don't don't read the books, dude. Don't don't read the books. Um, let let me let me let me do let me say this. Here's what you need to do: you need to find a mentor rather than a book. Okay, you need yeah. to find someone who loves Jesus, who has an awesome marriage that you respect. Someone who uh, who loves their mate and you can see it and they love each other. They serve each other. They, they serve the Lord together like that. You, you look at this marriage and you're like, I want that thing. And you get with them and say, I want you to teach me how to do that. And I want to, I want to bounce off of you my ideas about what a dating relationship should look like. And I want you to, uh, tell me what's up. And, and here's the thing. Um, that person should probably be writing the book, but and this is here's the thing people that are uh actually getting it done a lot of times they don't uh number one they're not famous uh number two they don't have time to write a book because they're actually you know doing ministry and stuff and so they don't you know they don't have time to write a book every quarter or whatever and but they've got a lot of awesome stuff to tell you so find somebody with a marriage that you respect and that you love and sit down with them and tell me and 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 say to them tell me what the deal is tell me tell me uh l- let me tell you about the experiences i've had let me tell you about my instincts you tell me what's off what's good what's what needs to be worked on that kind of stuff like let's work on this thing together I would ditch the books. I would go with the mentor every single time. I haven't, every time I try to pick up a book that has been written, and we've talked about this uh, quite a few times on the podcast, every time I try to pick up a book that has been written within this century, um, I just put it down and I want my money back. And um, I'm sorry. I'm sure there's some great ones out. Well, I don't know. Maybe there's some great ones out there. I, I'm not finding those books, man. And so my thing is put down the books and um, find a mentor. Also, uh, hello, there's a very popular blog on this podcast that gets a lot of dating questions. And so if you want to figure some of this stuff out, uh, just go to uncleglenn.tumblr.com and read up man go back in the in the back catalog and uh and figure that whole thing out i've been trying to convince glenn to to put uh, something out just based on you know uh dating questions he's gotten on the blog and stuff like that but uh there's a ton of wisdom there's a ton of wisdom on stuff that all all of these guys have put out on their blogs and of course glenn's is more popular than the rest of ours yes but uh but there you know if if you're bound and determined to read some stuff 
that's there's some great stuff to read. But the main thing that you want to do is find a, a real life flesh and blood person who loves Jesus with great marriage and talk to them about it. That's a great point, Jed. Yeah, real real quick, I agree with Lee. Uh, the other thing is uh, get in the game, dude. Um, learn by doing. Yeah. Most things in this life, you learn by jumping in and figuring out how to swim. Making mistakes. Uh, that's, making mistakes. Bad advice for skydiving. Good, good advice for dating. Yeah. Uh, uh, get in there, man. I mean, you know, uh, um, at, at some point, uh, you're going to have the terrifying experience of having to ask someone on a date. There, there are not enough books you can read that will make that not terrifying. Um, uh, ask somebody out to coffee. Go have a date. Um, you will learn more in that one hour of coffee than all the Christian dating books that have ever been written could possibly teach you. <laughs> Great point, Glenn. Yeah, here's the thing is, um, I, I remember a, a few years back, uh, we had a guy that, that used to work for us that uh, uh, came from the north side of Chicago. He's a, a former gang member and stuff, and uh, he... Uh, I, I loved uh, spending time with him because he gave me a lot of kind of good perspectives on uh, sort of uh, uh, suburban uh, white middle class Christianity here in America. And one of the things I remember we were driving along and he said, what is it with you white people in the suburbs and books? <laughs> and I said, well, what do you mean? He says, you are all obsessed with reading it out of a book. Yeah. And I thought, man, that's really true. I just never really thought of it. He says, you won't, you won't accept something as being true unless you read it in a book. And if you read it in a book, you think it is true just because it was in a book. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And what he's really describing is, is sort of uh, this idea that you sort of academically, you kind of student your way and learn your way through Christianity. It's like, crazy terrible way to live your christianity you guys have a book fetish out there people you got to you got to find a way to just you just love the book thing you're book centric we got to get past that mentality and the reason why mike was making this comment to me is he, uh, he and i went to one of these uh, conferences little get togethers or something and a guy comes up to me and he says, I want to learn about uh, doing prison ministry with young people. And he says, what's the book for that? Well, y use your head. First of all, you've never seen anything remotely in that category in your <laughs> Christian bookstore. That might tell you a lot about Christian publishing and about Christian culture and whatever, but you know it's not out there. That's thing number one. Thing number two is he's asking me for a recommendation, recommendation on a book about ministering to juveniles behind bars when he knows I was a chaplain of the top juvenile correctional facility in the country. So why don't you just ask the dude stand in front of you? you that know? would involve humility yeah. and my whiteness will not permit me to do that. Yeah. That, and this is what also Mike, you don't smell of rich leather. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, that's what Mike was pointing out is why, why don't you just ask the human as, as Lee is suggesting the standing right in front of you, as opposed to, I've got to read it out of a book or I, I just, I don't want to consume it any other way. Don't give me it to me in verbal form. I want it in, in a written format. Um, I think the more important question uh, to be asking about this is how, how do I know when I'm getting bad advice from a book? Okay. Cause you're going to read a book. I'm telling you not to read a book. You're going to go read a book anyway. Aren't you? I know how you people are. <laughs> aren't you? Well, so we've added accusation to our bag of tricks on the podcast. Exactly <laughs> right. So, 
So I'm going to try and help you be immune to the bad advice you're inevitably going to read. Because, you know, I did the same thing when I decided to get married to my wife. We read like three or four or five different Christian books on how to get married. It, one of them had ideas that were kind of some interesting things that were kind of obvious, but it was good, I guess, to think about. There was another. Some people find talking helpful. Yeah, exactly. There was another book that was just sort of casting about in nothingness. And we read one one of these Christian books that if we had followed that advice, it would have shipwrecked this marriage. I mean, it the plane would have crashed into the mountain, dude. I mean, I don't even know where this dude got this idea to write this book. I think I've met those a, couples, man. Dude, it was the wrongest advice. I, I'll, was I'll even, this the wait until the end of the week yes, and they get it all yes. out? The guy says, if, if the best way to handle your marriage is take all the problems and conflicts you have with each other and just stuff them down and hold well, you them you have to in. write them down in a journal. Yeah, write them down. And then at the end of the week, you sit down and air your grievances at each other. I'm like, have you lost your mind? I think we've... You know, was this fun. written by George's dad from Seinfeld? Exactly. And hey, the, we have a lot of single people listening to this. That's unbelievably bad advice. Hey, do, do not that. do that. Under oh, no circumstances. Never, ever. Right. If well, you ever funny, have a temptation that involves getting out a book and airing grievances, don't yeah. do that. And the funny thing is, my wife and I kind of bonded over our mutual assertion that all this was bad advice and, and we or the realization we had to figure out for ourselves, but you will read a book cause you're that way. I'm trying to, but here I'll help you even though you're not, you know, doing what I'm telling you to do. How do I know when I'm reading something bad, some bad advice in a book real quick. Number one is there's any manipulation to it. Throw it out. Fear, guilt, shame, anything that goes in that direction. If you break up with this person, your soul will be tied to him and you'll never be the same again. That's fear. It's just a manipulation tool. Nothing, nothing, nothing. If you hear manipulation, get up, walk out, close the book, walk away. I literally, I had a conversation with a say that listener who said, I'm reading this dating book. It's terrible. I'm three quarters of the way through. And I'm like, why did you keep going? You figured I was terrible. You're still going. You know, don't, when you close, this manipulation, close the book. Uh, second thing I mentioned is if it sounds like it's guessing, if it's advice, it's casting about, it is guessing. Close the book, move on. Uh, number three, uh, it, as Jed has said often, it needs to pass a smell test. Some of this stuff just sounds like bad advice on the face of it. If you take that to the Lord, find out that's bad advice, then reject it. Number four, uh, Good advice in any kind of area of your walk sets you free. If you feel like this is binding you and holding you back and and interrupting you in some sort of way, uh, then that's not what God has for you. And finally, uh, we need goals and not rules. We talk about this quite a little bit on my podcast, which is quite quite popular. Uh, <laughs> the 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 idea behind that is rules have a way of. Uh, being arbitrary, they have a way of binding us and and sort of holding everything in. What we need are goals, some positive things that we need to shoot for, some some things we want to look to accomplish, and then develop the tools to help us reach those goals. So uh, when when you're looking at these books, if you feel like you're getting a lot of rules and you're not getting a lot of goals, you're 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 looking at somebody who just doesn't know how to do it. That's an excellent point. I will boil a couple of these things down to their most basic elements here. Um, first of all, yeah, don't read the Christian dating books. We can all agree on that. It's a terrible idea for a couple of reasons. Uh, the the al better alternate, as Lee and all these guys have pointed out, is to find someone who knows what they're doing. 
Unfortunately, there may not be someone who knows what they're doing in your town or church. That's a bad thing. Write us, any of us, and not because we're geniuses and brilliant. Glenn is, of course. Yeah. I'm required by my employment contract to end sentences like that that way. Correct. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. Not only are a lot of Christian dating books not that good, and here's the thing, as uh, Glenn was talking about, uh, Mike pointing out the uh, the white suburban kind of book fetish. Part of that is you think it's approved. If it got in a book, it must be true and good. Right. Not true. No. Things are in books because they sell books. Now, some things sell books because they're really sharp ideas and well put and uh, really solid. That's happens. That's true. Some things sell books because there's a massive marketing campaign or the guy who wrote it has some name recognition yeah. or his mega church will buy 10,000 uh-huh. of them right off the press. You know, things like that. Doesn't Not related to the strength of the ideas in it. But the other thing is, even if it's a good Christian dating book, if such a thing exists, a book is about the worst delivery system for dating advice ever. Okay. Yeah. There yeah, are lots of yeah. cool things you can, Christian stuff you can learn from books. All of us on this podcast have Christian books we love, books right. about your walk and ministry, right. but they all say, here's a subject and here are my thoughts on it. Right, right. Take those and go with you. The thing about dating is it's an ongoing process. Right, you can't exactly. read up on how to do it and then go apply it. You're going to try some stuff. You're going to fail. Some stuff's going to really uh, crash on the side of the mountain, as Glenn pointed out. And you need in that moment something malleable you need something that is yeah. uh customizable to your situation yeah. so as lee pointed out best option on that is a flesh and blood person who you can call and go grab a cheeseburger and commiserate with but uh a pretty close second is having your specific question writing it into a blog or the podcast and we'll help you out as best we can you bet all right thanks for listening if you have a question for us say that podcast at gmail.com or the bridge Quick reminder about Bridgebox, $8 a month. Lots of cool stuff goes to support the ministry we're doing here on the streets of Chicago. MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Sign up for Bridgebox, or are you chicken? (laughs) 